This podcast is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, check out our website at communitycovenant.net. One of the, uh, the things that I've said is that my, my job is to bring the real you before the real God. And that is not easy. It is not easy. It's not easy for me to bring the real me before the real God. There's so many distractions and um, loss of focus and confusion and lies and voices that creep in there. And it's really, it's really but that's what we're about. And so um, I just gave my wife a little... You know, and the other women there were, you know, I, I think they were just kind of jealous, you know, but yeah, you can, you can interpret that any way you want. But, but the thing is, I hadn't said hello to her yet today and, and renewed our covenant relationship that we have and make that new and fresh. Harrison's just thinking, I'm glad he didn't do that to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, that's what we are about with Jesus Christ is making that new and fresh uh, every day is our goal, and uh, we, you know we're, we're struggling. We're all struggling. We're going to hear some of that this morning. Last week, when uh, after the service, I I spoke with someone who, well, maybe a little bit of that happened. They they said, um, I think I'm getting it, and they were new to uh, well, this whole thing, being in a place like this on a Sunday morning, and they they said, um, I. I see that Jesus died. I see that he, then the news is that he was raised to life. And this is like somebody, you know, just like the, the, the dingers going off, you know, the, and the lights are coming on. And, and then he said, and I, and I think I'm seeing that that has something to do with my life today. And I'm not clear on that yet. And I'm, yeah, I'm saying, okay, just keep walking. You're getting there. You're getting close. And, uh, but that, that's it. And so you have these, uh, these people that have experienced Christ, there's 40 days between when Jesus was resurrected and when he was ascended into heaven. So that's, that's just bedrock Christian truth that Christians have always believed. Now you just, I, I realize sometimes I just need to make things more clear. So Jesus is resurrected on, a, on Sunday, Easter, and he has 40 days of walking around in his resurrected body on planet Earth, Okay. And we have a few instances of that recorded in the scriptures. And then he ascends to the Father and from where he will reign and from whence he will come again. Now, what happens then if, if, he is, if he's gone? How do we experience this living Christ? Well, there's a couple of ways. One, and we're going to uh, get this verse up there from... Peter, Ben referenced this section of scripture earlier. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Who are, who's the word all referring to? It's referring not to everyone there. It's referring primarily to the people who saw him, meaning the apostles and those he was closest to. And um, it's sometimes argued that, well, the only people that saw Jesus were those who believed in Jesus. Well, duh, think about it. If you see him in those 40 days, you're going to believe in him. So it's kind of a, it's a tautology in, in logic, that's called. So, uh, but now he's, he's not visible on planet Earth, 
any longer. He's ascended. And so what do we do? We have to trust either the voice of the apostles, like Peter. We can trust that. We can trust the Bible as it speaks of who Jesus is. Or we look to people who have experienced Jesus and we see the living Christ in them. And that's a powerful witness, too, so that we can say what Peter said. And we're going to be saying that this morning. We don't see Jesus in the same way as in those 40 days, but we see Jesus's activity. We see his life in others. So that's my introduction. Now, you're going to hear three voices this morning of people who have experienced the living Christ. And uh, the first is Elizabeth DeCam, and we're going to we captured that on video. She's actually here. She and Seth are here this morning. And um, uh, that Seth is leaving soon to go back to Afghanistan. He's been home on leave for a couple of weeks. And remember to pray for him and others who are in that place. But it just seemed right to do this, do hers by video. And um, it gives her time to spend with Seth today. And uh, so I want to go ahead and and show that. But know that you're, this is what you're watching is a witness to the resurrection. And you are witnesses to the resurrection as you listen to this. Let's go ahead and play that. I am Elizabeth DeCamp, and this is my story of death, life in Christ. I am a mother of three, Courtney, David, and Faith, and I am the wife of Seth DeCamp, a U.S. soldier who is deployed in Afghanistan. My story starts um, in childhood, uh, not a very good childhood, um, a childhood that was lacking in love, physical love and um, emotional. Um, I wasn't seen or heard unless something needed to be done. And um, I felt very lonely. As a young adult, a high school kid, seeking out who I was, I, um, I was married to my two oldest children's father, and um, that didn't last very long. Um, of uh, physical and emotional betrayal. I packed up the children and um, we uh, all moved with my family to Iowa where I um, became friends with the wrong people. I um, was involved in drugs, alcohol, and sex. One thing led into another and another and just spun out of control. I felt very alone and um, lost in the world. I started working in a nursing home where I met amazing godly women, um, one of which didn't remember who I was five minutes after greeting me, 
but um, she knew who the Holy Spirit was, she knew who God was, and she was always consistently asking people, are you saved? Do you know who Jesus is? And she was really on fire, even for someone that she didn't realize who she was, but she knew who Christ was. And I wanted that, you know, I wanted, I wanted to, to be that, you know, I, I wanted to look back on my life and it had meant something. But feeling unworthy, like, I was hearing what I know now as the enemy lying to me, telling me that someone that has done what I've done is unworthy. I wasn't important enough. I was. God had was dealing with people that were way more important than me. And I, as much as I wanted the security of that, I I turned away from it. So I continued my life of loneliness in the things of the world, and I was. I was involved with my third child's father, and I I kind of gave up on life. Um, I settled. I wasn't worth. I wasn't worth more, and I I let myself become depressed in that. After that, that ended. I um, moved along in my life, and it was just the three kids and I, and I was happy there. But I still felt like something was missing. I was, I was alone, and nothing in the world could feed the hunger that I was looking for. I remember one Saturday night tucking the kids in the bed and um, sitting in my kitchen and feeling the weight of the world on me and I just couldn't do it anymore. And I began to cry and I started doing something that I had never done before. I prayed. And I ended up on my hands and knees on my kitchen floor crying and praying and I'm not sure exactly what all I said, but I remember that I said, help me, God. I can't do this on my own. I don't. It's not working for me. And I remember shaking and crying until I couldn't cry anymore. And what I know now is the Holy Spirit. He came upon me. And comfort and warmth and acceptance came upon me and I knew that I was alone. My life changed. That Sunday morning when I woke up, I felt like it was a new start. Like, I didn't have to live under the, the pressure, the hands of the enemy. It was relieved. I was like, oh, alright, let's do this. And there was excitement and not Ever since then, I've loved to come to church. I just want to know. I want to be fed. 
I am Elizabeth DeCamp, and this is my story of death to life in Christ. So that was uh, Saturday. That Saturday night was a Halloween of 2009, and uh, good things can happen on Halloween, huh? And just the the uh, the thing I, I appreciated so much in there because I say this to people that believe it or not, you know, God loves irony, right? Believe it or not, the starting point for your next step step of walking towards God will have something to do with I can't do this anymore. Letting go and allowing God to work in you. It's crazy. It's, it's against religion. Uh, it's an anti-religious statement to say, I can't do anything anymore. Only God can help me. And yet that is, uh, I guarantee you, if you take a step towards God, it will involve that statement. So uh, thank you, Elizabeth, for your witness to the resurrection of Christ. And if you know Elizabeth, and if you didn't know that about her and her background, you, you would never guess. She's a new creation. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. So um, I want to get you to say with me, and we're going to say this more than once, that verse that was up there earlier. And uh, I'm not getting it here. Can we get that? There we go. So let's say together. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Okay? That's true. Jeff, come on up here. Uh Let's see, I'm going to leave that. Jeff Kaiser is our youth pastor, and he is going to uh, talk about his last 365 days or so. Um, Mark said, my name is Pastor, um, pastor Jeff, and this is my death to life resurrection story. Last year at this time, I can honestly say it was the lowest point of my life. Um, one afternoon I came home. Um, to a letter on my table um, from my wife explaining that she was leaving me. Um, I knew things weren't going well. Um, I knew we needed help, but I had no idea it was to that point. Um, My marriage was dying. I had a broken heart, and I was dying too. Um, My life soon became filled with waves of emotion um, that seemed to consume me. Uh, Pain, hurt, sadness, anger, longing to be with her. Um, these waves would just crash over and over and uh, just consume me in my life. Um, one minute I'd be holding it together, and the next I would be on my knees crying or wanting to punch the wall, depending on what wave of emotion would hit me. Um, a couple weeks after she left, I found myself in my bedroom on my bed just crying out to God. Um, I was yelling at him, asking him why, um, and asking him to save my marriage. This went on for a while, um, a long while, and all of a sudden, I can't explain it. I haven't had this happen to me a whole lot, um, but I felt like this just this peace and comfort just come over me like I've never felt before, and um, I felt like I heard God's voice. It wasn't audible, but it was from within, and I heard him say, I will be with you no matter what, and it was comforting to hear from God, but at the same time, it wasn't because it's not what I wanted to hear. That's kind of how I figured out it was God and not me, because <laughs> I wanted him to say that he was going to fix my marriage, 
um, and that she was going to come back and everything was going to be okay. I mean, that's what I was praying for. Um, but God was reminding me of his promise that he would never leave me. And he walked with me and gave me hope. There were several other ways that God began to penetrate my life um, through his body and through his spirit. Um, he used his body to surround me during this time. People's words of encouragement. Um, my friends called and consoled me. Um, people were praying for me. Um, and sharing their stories of pain and struggle too and how God had seen them through it. And this gave me super hope and I was, um, and I was super thankful for everybody in their sharing. As a pastor, I also had to meet with um, our denomination several times. And it was during one of these meetings that I was given some more hope and encouragement. And um, Pastor Joel, he's the um, senior pastor out in the village of Unicleet, was speaking to me and he said this, he says, when they experience tragedy in the village, that he reminds his congregation and himself that they must read, pray, and sing. They must get into God's word. They must seek God in prayer. And they must sing his praise. And this really struck me. It seems so basic, but it really struck me because I'm like, reading and praying, I've been doing that. But singing, I didn't think to sing. Why would I want to sing? My heart's broken. I'm struggling. Um, but it was that advice that really kind of brought me, just really spoke some life into me. And I, uh, so when I went home from that meeting, I began to practice that more often in my mornings. Um, began putting on worship music in the morning first thing and just singing along with the songs, which is not like me. <laughs> um, and one of those songs was uh, um, by a band named Gungor, their worship band, called Dry Bones. And it's based out of uh, Ezekiel 37. Um, when God's breathing life back into the Israelites. And it says this. Let me get it up on the screen too. And that's actually an image, an artist's image of what's going on in the scripture there. So it's a little morbid, but um, <laughs> he's breathing life into him. So um, that's the point. Uh, my soul cries out. My soul cries out for you. These bones cry out. These dry bones, bones cry out for you. To live and move, because only you can raise the dead could lift my head up. My soul cries out. My soul cries out for you. Jesus, you're the one who saves us, constantly creates us into something new. Jesus, surely our Messiah will make all things new. And this just spoke to my heart because it's what I needed. I needed God to, I needed to just latch on to God and just uh, have him breathe new life into me. And, uh, only he could bring me out of this pit that I was in, and only he could uh, bring me back to life from this struggle. I couldn't do it on my own, and that's why I brought people in my life, too. He also gave me some scripture. One of my friends gave me the scripture from uh, Psalm 62. Um, it says, <clears throat> My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, and I will never be shaken. And I just clung to that for my strength and um, God also led me to Romans chapter 12. I read this um, consistently almost every morning. I don't think I've ever read a chapter of the Bible for like every morning for multiple months. And so it was great. It was really refreshing. And it was also what helped me move to, towards hope. And the one verse that stuck out to me was verse 12. It says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And know that God would give me hope and that I just needed to be patient with him and let him restore me and just continually bring everything that was on my heart and everything that was going on to him in prayer. Um, God brought me from this place of death to this place of life 
He uses people and his word and his spirit to work in my life and to give me hope. My waves of emotion that were so consuming in the beginning began to mellow out, and I, um, and I praised him for his continue, continued restoration. I want to say thanks to everyone here um, who has been with um, in this church for just walking me through this difficult time. Um, this year has been really tough, but Christ has continued to make me new um, and walk with me, just like he promised in the beginning. My name is Jeff Kaiser, and this is my death to life resurrection story. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was with Jeff in all of that, or most of that, and um, it was really hard. Re- uh, just really, really hard. And some of you who have been through something like that know. And again, that, that thing about, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this on my own. I, I'm helpless. I need God. I need people. That is the beginning of walking towards God. And you heard that that again in Jeff's voice. And um, you can see that when we have resurrection stories, just as when Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't, that's not, that's not pretty. That's, that's really, really ugly, in fact. And, but that's where the resurrection story begins. Jesus said, unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it cannot bear fruit. So, all right. Um, well, we've got to say what Peter said. And uh, let's say this again together. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Okay, I'm going to ask Lena Schultz to come on up here. Lena. Uh, Lena was baptized last June out uh, at Mirror Lake when we had our baptism there. And she is going to share her story. Thanks for this opportunity. My name is Lena Schultz, and this is my death to life resurrection story. I have to start out by saying that I am new to religion and did not grow up in a home that spoke of Jesus or God. I first started asking about God and what happens when we die as soon as I found out about death. I still can to this day feel the pain and fear that shocked my system when I realized that we were going to be buried in a six foot hole with no light, and that was it. My anger started at a young age. There is nothing noble about the struggle that I was going through. During this time, during the last year of my life, I realized I couldn't do this anymore. I quit. I cannot make my parents see different points of view. I can't. I've been trying all my life. I'm not going to be able to change them with anything I have to do or say. Since I can't do this, make my parents stop drinking and have nicer thoughts, I'm going to let it go once and for all. I knew a long time ago, around 14, 16, through family counseling, that I could not change them. But somewhere along the lines, I forgot. And I will no longer forget. I realized that my past attempts at fixing them drained drained my husband's and my precious energy and time and demoralized my spirit. I want to focus my time on being positive and productive with my husband and my daughter and my daughter. I no longer believe I can fix them. What I do believe is that when I'm having those struggling tornado thoughts that I can release those and hand those over to 
God, Christ Jesus, I simply say, God, only you can show them the way. Please soften their hearts. I found myself needing support and not just the support that you get from your loving husband. I needed something stronger and deeper that was going to help me stand for what I believed in. Something that would help me turn my back away from being mad all the time. I didn't want to be mad anymore. I wanted to be happy and laugh every day. I would get mad because the traffic would not move fast enough. I got to the point of honking my horn and flipping people off that were broken down on the side of the road. Mad because my biological parents are alcoholics and refuse to change or see anything from any else's point of view without judgment. And now I have a child of my own. I am dedicated to help guide her through this very tough life. I want to learn with her, for her, and for me. I feel like for the first time that I'm moving out of a plaguing, angry darkness, I want my daughter to know that she is not alone, even when I'm not around. Hold on, I can't see my words. (laughs) Okay. And that she is not just answering to me when I ask her or tell her to be a good girl. She's answering to, we are both answering to our actual parent, God. I started asking around for a church. I was recommended to Community Covenant Church. And I knew right when I stepped out of my car that this was it. Sometimes you just know. It was my first service, real service ever. And I was handed the piece of paper we all get when you walk in the door. And I immediately started reading it. It stated that there was a barbecue and baptism on June 25th. And I thought, well, this is only one month away. Perfect. Where do I sign up? I have always wanted to be baptized. I really don't know the complete meaning, but I know that my heart is ready. My baptism week was so thrilling. I honestly have never felt so much love in my life. I had no idea the gift of the Holy Spirit was. Neither my husband or my daughter was present, but it didn't matter. I could not have been more loved that day, the day of my baptism. It felt like the Holy Spirit was doing a sundance over my head. It was amazing. I will never forget the feeling of love that day. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story now. And please understand that this is not something that I tell everyone, um, even though I am now. Uh, Because I think it's really strange. A few weeks after my baptism last summer, I was potty training my daughter. And my anger was my worst enemy. I knew I needed to stop yelling, but I couldn't. There was nothing I could do. I put myself in timeouts. I put my hand over my mouth. I bit my finger. Nothing was working. A few days into potty training, I felt hopeless. This, here was this innocent child being yelled at for something that she could not control. I felt terrible. So I ran into my bedroom. I shut the door. I dropped on my knees and prayed. I prayed to Jesus that he would help me see his way. I told him that I wanted to be more like him. I said some other stuff too. I knew that his way was the right way. I just needed his guidance and fast. 
Well, there. Well, this is where it gets strange because by dinner my voice was gone. That's right. I came down with laryngitis and I was not sick. Well, there was no yelling then. I get goosebumps thinking about it because as soon as I stopped yelling, my daughter was potty trained like that. She basically did it herself. In a way, I feel that this rebirth has taught me the true values of life. This last year feels like I've been given a third ear. I listen differently. I empathize differently. The way that I thank people is different. I allow myself to be guided by God. This third ear, third sense gives me a grounded feeling that I have never known before. It feels wonderful to accept God's grace. It truly is a gift, and every day I get energized when I share this with my daughter. My name is Lena Schultz, and this was my death to life resurrection story. You know, in the Bible, I guess if God can make a donkey talk, he can make a, a woman shut up. But <laughs> yeah. I won't use that at the other services. So you know, I was the guy you were honking at on the freeway. I was the guy. <laughs> no. Lena, that is so wonderful, and thank you. Um, did, did you notice in there again I, that point of, I can't do it, and I, I, I was listening for it, but I can't do it. It's the beginning point of the good stuff that comes next in our lives. Isn't it funny that spirituality starts with, I can't do it? And um, so Peter, back to the story that there when Peter was giving his sermon, um, he he brings up the fact that Christ is raised from the dead and we are then, okay, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? A man in history, was he just a great teacher? Was he just someone who was able to heal people then and what? And, and how do we translate that into our, our lives today? Because that's, you, you are now witnesses of uh, that. In fact, did I, I did not get us to say that. Let's do that again. One more time. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Okay. That was Peter's voice to that crowd that day. And on that day, he, he said that, and he, aren't you glad when people just tell the truth? And you know what he told those people that day? He said, you killed the Messiah. You killed Jesus. You killed Jesus in your sins, he told those people that day. That was the beginning point. And... They owned up to it. Now, did they all literally pound the nails into his hands? No, they didn't. But they sinned against God, just like you and I. It's not a, it's not a history snapshot. It's an ongoing message to us that I and you have killed Jesus. That's a beginning point, to own up to that and to realize you can't do anything. God, save me, help me. I can't do anything without you. They had that going on inside of them. And then they were able to confess their sins and receive life, the life of the risen Savior, who was no longer walking on the planet, but was in heaven. And just like you and I, they had to put their trust in someone that they can't see, a person that they can't just see, but whose voice 
others bear witness to. It's always been that way, folks, that we have to trust that the living Christ is here right now in this room, just as you and I are here right now in this room. If he's raised from the dead then, he's raised from the dead today. That's how it works. Okay? Now, if, if you're in a place where um, that you've never quite done the math on that before and it's starting to make sense to you and you want to invite Jesus Christ into your life as your risen Savior and you want to admit and confess that you're the one that put him on the cross and there's nobody in this room, I'll just say this, this is what the Bible says very clearly, there's not one person in this room who can say they didn't put Jesus on the cross. And, 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 and somehow in, in the way it works is that the people who try to say that are further from God than the rest. So it's just it's backwards. You've got to start thinking the way God is revealing stuff to us. So those who are, uh, who are making advances towards God, walking towards God, are people who admit they can't do it on their own, that God has done it all for them, and then to receive the gift of God. Now, you may say, well, I'm, I did that a long time ago. Well, let me tell you something else about everyone in the room. We all have areas of death that are still reigning in us. And you know, when I say that, you know what they are. It could be you have something with pride or anger or, uh, you know, lust. Do I need to go down the list? Well, there's plenty more, but we'll be here all day if I do. So just remember what those areas of death are in you. And do you want a resurrection of Jesus Christ in those areas. It works the same way. Lord, I can't do it. I can't do it. Just like with Lena with her anger. Uh, I can't do it. And Jeff in his despair and Elizabeth in just the, the biggest sense of the word, I can't do it. God can do it. He is raised from the dead in Jesus Christ. You can't have resurrection without death. That's the point. You've got to have death first. Let's pray. Lord, for all of us, you hear our prayers. You see our hearts right now. You are the living God. Not, a, not, a, not just a man in history that we can learn from, but somebody who is here right now whispering to our hearts through your spirit. And I pray for hearts to listen to what you're whispering right now and then to respond. And Lord, my own heart, just knowing that not everything is where it, there's areas, Lord, that need more life. So we bring all that to you now. We ask your Holy Spirit to breathe. Breathe on us. Breathe on, breathe on these dry bones, Lord, that Jeff mentioned, that need life. We pray that prayer from our hearts in Christ's name. Amen.